Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, and our guest today, Steve Schaefer of Ketos. Uh, you know, in his first 90 days, I just want to read some of these accomplishments. And I think maybe you'll understand why we wanted to have him on the show today. Um, you know, updated the website, you know, uh, rebuilt it on a new platform, created their MarTech stack with Marketo, Google Analytics, uh, Zoom Info, you know, some others there included integration with Salesforce. Uh, this is where I think it's uh, where as content marketers, we understand why this is cool and important. Um Eight case studies, three white papers, seven blogs, two webinars, and three newsletters, and doubled webinar registrations in within the first 90 days. And for anybody who starts in inbound marketing, understands that like creating content takes time. You got to understand the customer and you got to go there. And, you know, in this conversation with Steve, he talks about how he did understand the customer and that's how they're able to create such high quality content you know, serving the right audience and why they were able to double their engagements and leads. So listen in, um, great conversation from Steve Schaefer from Ketos. My guest today is Steve Schaefer from uh, Ketos. He's, a, he's the vice president of marketing. Steve, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I found your profile on LinkedIn and just based on like kind of your experience and some of the success you've had, I thought, I thought this would be a great conversation. So maybe before I get into too many of the questions, maybe introduce yourself and, and, you know, what your role is. Sure. I'm the VP of marketing at Ketos. Ketos is a venture backed startup in Silicon Valley. It's a hardware, software, IOT robotics play. So we've, we've got a lot going on. Um, and so, um, <laughs> The uh, my role at the organization is uh, marketing. So I run the marketing function. Um, I was hired end of September um, to come in and basically build it, build it from scratch. Um, and so that's what I've been up to the last uh, five, six months or so. You just hit a lot of keywords there, a lot of buzzwords. Yeah. Uh, I heard IoT, I heard uh, startup, I heard robotics, uh, software, <laughs> hardware. Uh, so I mean, just even in that description, what like as a startup, what were they uh, doing for marketing before you joined? Well, it, I mean, it, it was um, mostly um, website, some blog, um, a, a little bit of press release here and there. Uh, most of the strategy was primarily or, oriented around um, social media. So a lot of activity in Twitter, a lot of activity um, in, in LinkedIn, certainly. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, a little bit of content creation. So it was, you know, the, the, the folks that were there were, you know, contractors and, and maybe somewhat mm -hmm. understaffed. And so it wasn't, you know, um, it, it wasn't as, as targeted as, as you, as you would want, obviously, but they were doing the best that they could with, with the resources that they had. Um, but again, primary focus on, on social media, spe specifically LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. So you come in and you kind of created this marketing function. Yeah. So, you know, 
just taking a look at some of what you've done in your first 90 days, maybe like walk us through when you land in a new position, because you know, you've, you've had some good experience at startups and growing companies. Um, what, what is your, what is like the first thing you do? Because if you go into a company as a startup, someone that does hardware, software, IOT, like everything you listed, that's a lot of different things to build, to strategize on. So like, what, walk me through, like, what did you do? What was your process there when you started? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that every leader likes to do when they land in a new spot is do some kind of, you know, assessment to understand what they what they have on their hands. Um, And so I certainly did that. Um, That being said, I mean, it didn't it didn't take long. As as I mentioned, there there wasn't a there wasn't a ton there. Um, But, you know, you you do the assessment, you understand what, what you have. Um, and then there's two things that I, I like to do in parallel. Um, you, you want to focus on uh, people, process, and technology and, and start to build out um, in those key areas, but also really get a, a firm understanding of the solution itself um, and the folks that are buying it. Um, and I think that they're a big mistake that's often made, and especially startup marketing, is there are a lot of assumptions that are made about the product, about the customer, um, about about how people are are actually going to use the product, um, what industries or sub verticals um, where it would fit best, um, and so I think one of the things you you have to do while you're kind of building out the function, which would be people, process, and technology, um, is kind of go through um, a framework process where you start to understand, you know, who's who's the target buyer, why do they care, why would they why why would they spend money on this thing, and in, in place of what they're already doing. Um, and that thing that they might be doing is something they potentially been doing for 50 years, you know? Um, yeah. Um, and so, uh, finding, um, finding a, uh, uh, the value prop and, and an ROI model, that's just intuitively obvious, um, and, and breaking it down to that point. So I've, over the years, I've created something called a, um, offering development blueprint. And so we'll go through that framework and we'll answer all those really tough questions. Um, and that's going to inform a lot of what you do once you get the organization stood up. Um, and to stand up the organization, again, um, people's number one. Um, it's the most important and it's the most difficult. Um, and finding great people often takes longer than you think it will. Um, and if it doesn't yeah. and you get lucky, then then awesome, you've got those people quickly. So I, I always start there. Um, so for me, landing at Ketos, uh, demand gen leader was critical. Um, and it did take us a, little, a longer than we had hoped to find that person, but we eventually found the right person for the gig and she's been fantastic. Um, and then from a process perspective, understanding, you know, how are you going to manage the team? How are you going to manage all of your campaigns and projects and initiatives? And and it's not just project management, but building in the right rhythm and the right cadence. Um and process is also how you're going to utilize all the tools then that you implemented. So the third piece of that would be the the, the technology piece. And when I landed at Ketos, I, I was given a Mailchimp login and a and a spreadsheet, um, you know, and some access to sh- social accounts. And so we had a lot to wor- a lot of work to do just to build the infrastructure. So implementing marketing automation, integrating that with our CRM. Um, intent, leveraging intent data and integrating that into our, our processes, um, social media um, automation, 
Um, so taking all of that tech, not that tech stack and, and building it out. And oh, by the way, we completely overhauled and relaunched the website in the first eight weeks or so as well. So it was, it was a heavy lift for several months, but, um, the, the outcome's been, been fantastic. So Steve, when you start, uh, you know, at a new, at a new position, you know, you're, uh, Clearly, they had no marketing function, um, as you kind of described. What was your first thoughts and processes when you get in there? Yeah, I think that's twofold, really, Alex. There's uh, building out the function itself, which is inclusive of people, process, technology, but then also, and probably more importantly, is a, a firm understanding of both the solution um, that you're offering to a market and then actually the customer um, who's, who's going to purchase and use um, that, that solution. Um, and so over the years, I've developed something called an offering development blueprint that I've used in several companies. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, borrowing liberally from the, the four P's and the, the challenger sale and, um, those kinds of things, the marketing mix four P's, however you, uh, you frame it. Um, but really understanding the customer is critical. So we'll go through that process and ask all the tough questions around why would they use it? Why would they care? How much will they pay? Um, what kind of value will they realize as a result um, and really get firm there because that's going to inform everything that you do once you have the function set up. And, and as you're doing that, building the function, again, people, process and technology, people is always where I start because it's it's the most important and the most difficult. Um, and so finding great people for your team is, is worth its weight in gold. Um, and so sometimes finding those great people takes a little longer um, than you would you would expect or anticipate. So you want to give yourself as much time as possible. Um, so start there. We started on demand gen and focused in that area, found uh, a fantastic person. But yeah, it did take us longer than we had anticipated to, to find the, the perfect person. Um, but we were willing to, uh, to make that commitment of uh, or that investment of time. Um, and then also process. Process is everything that sort of the cadence, how are you going to run the team? Um, you know, how you're going to, you know, um, build out campaigns and content and just actually do the work. Um, and so building out that rhythm and that cadence and those expectations and making sure that you're clearly communicating um, those to the in every direction to your colleagues, to your boss and the board and to the folks that report to you. Um, and then the technology piece, you know, I mean, you know, pick your poison in terms of technology, but, you know, the obvious <laughs> things are, you know, CRM, marketing automation, social automation, uh, potentially some intent data. Um, and then the website, making sure that you've got a, a website that when people come to the page, the value prop is intuitively obvious and it, it's clear what you do for whom and how they can get in touch with you. And so we, we went through that process also. So in the first four months, we completely overhauled the website from scratch, transitioned from one technology to another, um, integrated all of that with marketing automation, integrated marketing automation with the CRM, um, stood up intent data, integrated that with all the tools um, as well. And in, it, while we were doing that, also creating a ton of content. So we cranked out three white, yeah. I think three white papers, eight or nine blogs, uh, kicked off a handful of webinars. Um, and so that, that really kind of fed the beast, so to speak. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you mentioned, you know, like one of your first steps is understanding the customer and, and startups. A lot of people assume 
Um, They know their customer and their challenges. So you came in as, you know, not necessarily the first marketing, but the first like marketing leader who was going to build this. How did you approach the owners, leadership, you know, the board? Because you're going to, you kind of came in there and said, you, you, this is what your assumptions are, but this is what you're actually, your customers are saying. Did you have pushback? Did you have a strategy? I mean, you know, did you have the, the, the unicorn of a, you know, leadership that believes in marketing. Um, tell me about like that process when you actually got there and said, you know what, guys, girls, like this is actually what the, what your customers are saying and what their challenges are, not X, Y, Z. Uh, did you have anything like that? Yeah. First, you bring up a really good point, which is to say, you know, do you have the unicorn of, of a leadership team or a, a board that believes in marketing? And so that's, that's, that's number one. I mean, that's absolutely critical, critical in terms of evaluating a role. I mean, if you want to be successful in a role, sh- sure, you need to show up with the, the skill, the capability uh, and the competencies to go and do that job well. But you got to set yourself up for success. And so you need to ask the hard questions before you land as it relates to, um, you know, philosophy. Is, is my philosophy of marketing aligned to um the folks that I'm going to be reporting to that I'm going to be working with. So I think yeah. the big ones there are the CEO, um, the sales leadership, product leadership. Um, those are probably the big three. And then of course you want the a similar same support from, uh, uh, from, the, from the board as well. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely critical um, in terms of, of, of making that happen in terms of kind of the, it can be a delicate dance in terms of you show up mm-hmm. and you know you've you've got a CEO who has invested their you know years of their life and potentially a, a, a lot of money into an idea and so has a, a board or um, you know a venture firm and so mm-hmm. they've made those investments based on some pretty clear assumptions and uh, so. Y- it is a bit of a delicate dance in terms of, you know, asking the tough questions. Um, and so one of the things that I'll do is it's, you don't just ask them. They're, they're one of the people that you have the conversation with, but then you're also talking right. to, if you have the benefit of an advisory board, um, they're, they're huge. Um, if you have the opportunity to talk to, to customers or partners, um, colleagues on the team who have been there, who have been selling to um, uh, customers before you got there. So, you know, kind of spreading that out and not just kind of narrowly focusing on right. people who have given everything that they have to this particular idea or product. Yeah, that's interesting uh, of how you how you phrase that of um, don't tell them, you know, don't come to them with this inf- information, but like include them in the process because yeah. you, they do have valuable insight. Uh, and I'm not saying that they are they're wrong or you know that like what they're saying isn't true. But as we know, in the last 12 months, your buyer personas have changed a lot, and mm-hmm. their like surroundings have changed, and needs and and motivations and challenge and struggles have changed a lot. Um, so I think it's always important to update those kind of customer profiles. So that's really interesting. Of like, I think a, a good lesson for people is. It shouldn't be something that your leadership or advisory boards or you know uh, or board you know board members shouldn't be excluded in that process. It's something that should be a conversation that's had with you know customer information. I think that's also very important to have have in there. Yeah. What in that process for you? What did you learn 
in in having these conversations and discovery of like what content you should be producing because you guys mm. you know based on you know previous conversations and like what i know you guys did a lot of good inbound content so articles white papers webinars um case studies did you was there anything in that in that in those conversations or process that you're like yep this is what we should be talking about or this is the problem we should be addressing you know, I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there's one simple like boom uh, revelatory moment uh, per se. But um, w- one of the things that I found to be a theme across all startups that I've been a part of, in particular, when it is a founder CEO, is that one of the challenges that you run into as a as a marketing leader is how do you articulate the value prop in an intuitively obvious way without devaluing the impact of the product. So you, you may have, like at Ketos, for example, we have a, an incredibly comp, a complex, sophisticated solution that again includes all, all those buzz, buzzwords we were talking about. <laughs> Data analytics, yeah. robotics, IoT, um, you know, hardware, this, that, and the other. Um, our business model is unique and dif- different than anyone in the industry. And so when, when that's the case, then if you throw all of that at a, at a customer, when they show up at the, or a prospect, when they show up at the website, they're just going to be kind of like, huh? Like, what is, yeah. what is all of that? So mean? what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. And so being, so then being able to simplify that in a way that's meaningful to the person that shows up to the site without the, and the challenges oftentimes the CEO or the product team or whomever is like, you know, this has been in our R&D for four years and it's actually not that simple. And so, you know, yeah. I love the, the Da Vinci quote, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And if you can kind of communicate that as you're, as you're working through this process, that this is what we're trying to communicate. We're trying to really articulate the sophistication of this thing in a way, way that resonates with, with the buyer. Uh, so again, communication in every direction is, is key as you're going through that process. Um, for, you know, for us, I think you, you kind of realize that there's, um, in in keto specifically to answer your question specifically, one of the things that we learned was that there were slam dunk use cases, um, for particular verticals. So as, as you start to, um, we're going after a a large prospect base. So three verticals with several sub verticals as a part. And so rather than saying every part of the solution applies to every single person out there it's it's more nuanced than that you start to mm-hmm. discover and, and understand those nuances where and that that begins to inform the content that you write um uh, the the things that you emphasize in the content the webinars that you run the um the emails that you write uh, that you help the sales team pull together um powerpoint decks you pick it um so it's it's really allows you to become more targeted and specific in terms of yeah. uh, what you're taking market. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really helpful. Um, and I think, I think you kind of hit it on the head is if, if you know, specific use cases, you know, you do have a broad set of customers you can help, but for marketing, at least like what we found is you're more successful when you are very focused on what the challenges of specific customers are, or like a large set of your customers, because you're speaking, you know, directly to them of what they're going through, what challenges they have, how are they going about it, and what 
product solutions solve that? And so I think speaking directly you know, to them, obviously that bleeds over into other verticals, other use cases, but you know, you can get pretty good, pretty big wins by really just niching down at a time instead of saying we market to everybody, yeah. really say right now we're going to focus on these customers. And then once we figure that out, let's focus on these customers and then these customers and, you know, build and scale through that process. Yeah. And I mean, from a startup marketing perspective, I mean, that's just, that's Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm in a, in a microcosm. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's entire yeah. book is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, being, you know, targeted content, targeted, whatever you want to call it is the name of the game these days because people are bombarded with messages. You know, I yeah. wake up in the morning and I've got dozens of emails telling people telling me that they can do stuff and things and save me time yeah. and money. Well, I, who cares? Um, yeah. But, you know, I, um, somebody cares, I, I guess, cause they're still cranking it out, but targeted stuff is, 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 uh, is, is going to get you a lot further, a lot faster for sure. Yeah. Well, what is, what is one lesson you have learned in your career that you wish you knew earlier on? Like if you go back and tell, you know, Steve 10 years ago, Hey, Steve, do this. Uh, what would that one thing be that you'd like to tell yourself? Man, I, you know, I think one of them we already talked about, which is, um, you know, how to engage a founder CEO in a, in a, in a, in a meaningful way around their own, their own technology. I, you know, I, 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 I kind of hit some road bumps early on in my career as it relates to that. Um, you know, I, I think for me, um, you know, you always hear people say, you know, do something you're passionate about and do something that you love and all this kind of stuff. For me, I, you know, if, if that's the only thing that, um, that was the only criterion by which I chose a, a career, I, you know, I'd probably be sitting around doing nothing because I really would love to be, you know, the, the first baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. And I'd be really <laughs> passionate about that, but, um, I can't hit a curveball, so yeah, <laughs> uh, when, when going to happen. So, I mean, for me, I think what I what I found was, you know, and I started off in in kind of more of the the agency space, doing a lot of I I kind of um, ran a video production boutique in Dallas for several years, and you know, I I liked it. I was it, it was fun, and I enjoyed it. And I I'd like to think I was passionate about it, but I just wasn't very good at it. Um, and so I, I encourage people to say, you know, to ask themselves, forget about your passion and all this other kind of stuff. What are you really good at? And if you're really good at it, you're probably going to like it pretty well. And if you're good at it, you're probably going to have some success. And if you can have a career that is those things, then, then that's, that's an awfully good, that's an awfully good career. So go and do something that you're good at. I, I think it took me several years to kind of figure that out, to go and, just kind of go all in on something that I was, that I did well um, and just yeah. focus on that. And it's, it's had a huge, huge impact on quality of life and enjoyment of what I do day to day and all those kinds of things. So that's, I think that's yeah. one lesson that I've learned. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, 
Yeah, there's that big trend of uh, do it, do what you're passionate about, and I think a lot of people make use cases out of that that are that are good and valid, and they're doing things that they're passionate about. But you know, like I would be a pitcher for the Braves. You're right. Like I wouldn't be uh, hosting a podcast. I enjoy this, but it's not my passion. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, that's that's good, and I think generally things you're good at, uh, you tend to enjoy. Like you said, uh, yeah. sales. I love sales when things are going well, <laughs> when I'm getting meetings, <laughs> closing deals, when no one's answering my calls, uh, no one's signing deals. I hate sales, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it's just like that. You know, I had a, I had some mentors kind of tell me that they're like, "Do you hate sales now because you're not doing well?" Thinking about like a career change. Do you hate sales now just because? Do you hate sales because it's not going well, or just do you just not like? doing it and yeah. then you know four months later things turned around and i was enjoying it again um, yeah. so that's that's like a good way to think about it um, yeah i had a i had a boss years ago who was a retired navy captain um and the guy was a, a pilot and i mean the stories that he would tell of planes breaking down in the air and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and and i and and i would and i was working for him as a product manager for a data encryption identity management company and i we had these projects we were trying to get done and we'd run into issues and stuff. And I would come into his office just exasperated. And in those days I actually had hair. Um, and <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, I would just be completely out of sorts and just borderline unhinged with this, that, or the other thing. And he'd just like yeah. back in his chair and just be like, act so nonchalant. And I think that's another thing that I've learned over the years is that there's, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. You know, you, you, you yeah. will not, you will not be perfect. And if you're losing sleep yeah. over, you know, worrying that a campaign's not going to work, um, that no one's going to like X, Y, or Z, you're not going to get very far. So I think that's another yeah. thing too, in terms of creating a culture in your team where it's okay to fail and it's okay to, you know, try something new and different. And so really kind of foster this, um, for lack of a better term, foster a culture yeah. of experimentation and iteration and it's okay. What's not okay is to show up every day and just do the same thing over and over again and get bored with what you're doing. And so, um, you know, I try to foster that on my teams and then also um, finding uh, companies or supervisors who um, enable me and allow me to do that is, is really critical yeah. as well. That's great. I think that's a great place to end it. Okay, Steve, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, I guess, where can people find you? Should we send people to your LinkedIn? Should we send people to the website? Got anything coming up? Uh, we've got new content just about every week or so popping up on the uh, on the website. So that's ketos.co, um, K-E-T-O-S.co. Um, I'm on the leadership page, so you can you can find me there. Um, or I'm, uh, on LinkedIn, I believe it's, uh, linkedin.com slash S F Schaefer. So S is in Steve F is in Frank S H A F F E R. All right. And I'll include that in the, in the show notes in the links, Steve, thanks for joining us. You bet. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, it's Alex again. And you know, what an amazing conversation with Steve uh, from Ketos. Like what he was able to do in his first couple months of being there. And now what they're, you know, hoping to do and looking to do as they continue to progress 
Um, and something he something he told me offline that I think is like kind of relevant in the situation is is that they're they're flying the plane while building it. You know, like they're they they had ideas, they had a hypothesis, they talked to customers, they launched campaigns, they launched content. They didn't you know wait to get back uh, all this data or they didn't think too deeply on it. They launched it. They started getting feedback, they updated, uh, and they kept progressing and getting results. Experimented. They tried new things. They tried new lengths of webinars, content types, repurposing content, uh, you know, how they're reaching people and audiences. And I think my biggest takeaways when that conversation with Steve from Kedos is, is don't be afraid to experiment. You know, you know try things. You know, all of us, we have all changed so much in 12 months, you know, more than maybe we even realize that, you know, we, we all were working in offices 12 months ago and now we're all mostly work. Some of us are working from home, if not all of us, you know, how our challenges, how we go about our day, our commutes, what we listen to, what we don't listen to, how we have meetings, like everything has changed. And so how we market also is changing and it's changing rapidly. And experimenting with how you're how you're marketing, how you're producing, how you're sending stuff out, I think is really important there. Um, and then the other one is you need to really work as marketers. We have to work with the leaders, the advisors, the owners, the uh, board members, leadership with them to understand who that customer profile is while talking to customers as well to really understand what is our value prop? How do we get there um, and how do we keep things moving? So I really appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate Steve for joining us. Uh, check in next week is the helpful hot take with Steve and he talks about webinars. So be sure to check in with that. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. Thanks for listening. See you next time.